Caloundra City Private School is an independent, non-denominational school located in Pelican Waters on the Sunshine Coast. The mantra for our school is every student matters. We aim for every child to be confident, resilient, organised, persistent and social in all aspects of their lives in and out of the classroom. This podcast series is designed to share valuable insights from academic leaders on current educational research and perspectives, as we all strive to help our young people reach their potential in today's ever-changing world. In 2015, the federal government committed an additional $12 million to raise awareness, interest and achievement in STEM subjects across Australia's primary and secondary schools. STEM meaning science, technology, engineering and mathematics. So what does this mean for the future of science education in Queensland? How will our students benefit from the initiative? And what can parents do to engage their children in STEM subjects and careers? My guest today is Senior Chemistry, Mathematics and Science teacher, Mrs. Michelle Muir. Michelle holds a bachelor's degree in biology and a graduate teaching degree in life and physical science from California State University. She has worked with the National Science Teachers Association of America and has taught at Los Angeles County Public School for six years. Here in Queensland, Michelle was the Executive Officer for the Science Teachers Association of Queensland and was the Queensland Consultant for Casio Graphics Calculators, introducing technology into secondary schools. Michelle has been teaching science and mathematics for 25 years and is an expert in her field. Michelle, thanks for joining me. Thanks, Tracy. Happy to be here. We're here today to discuss the federal government's new initiative in science education, the STEM project. Can you give us an overview of this new initiative and what it's all about? Sure, Tracy. Uh, this new initiative, new being 2015, uh, the Australian government committed an extra $12 million to restore focus on uh, science, technology, engineering and maths and in both the primary and secondary schools all across the country. Um, this is building on a previous um, allocation for primary connections and science by doing programs. Uh, this initiative is to provide innovative mathematics curriculum and resources in both the primary and secondary schools and to support the introduction of computer coding across all, all year levels in Australian schools. This initiative is really just a highlight and a focus on the need for uh, pursuing more uh, education in STEM subjects in schools. So what has caused this steady decline in students taking STEM subjects? Yeah, it's not a new problem, Tracy. It is a steady decline in that students are not as engaged, not as interested in the particular subjects, and by not offering hands-on and exciting activities in the lower middle school and middle school ages. Those students don't choose the subjects in senior school and then they don't choose them in tertiary education as well. So we're talking science across the board from prep to 12. Are the issues prep to 12 or is the concern more about the final years of schooling? I think there's, they, they're connected. I don't think that you can look at one without the other. So if a student is curious, and all students in the younger years are curious beings, that's just part of being a young person. And I think that somehow we lose that sort of magic about science or technology or engineering or any of the subjects we're talking about here today. I think that that magic that happens for them 
early, we just need to carry that on and keep that excitement and that initiative going. So I suppose that's the million dollar question. How do you keep that excitement going? For me, when I'm teaching my younger students, if they walk out of there excited about what they've just seen or what they've just done, I think I've done my job because that excitement leads them to enjoying that subject in the next year and enjoying that subject into year 11 and 12 and then pursuing that when they move on to um, university. So in a science classroom, when, it, when are students most engaged? Is it during practical activities, do you find? Absolutely. And those open-ended practical activities are the ones that get them really thinking about their topic. And sometimes they surprise me by how deep they'll want to go into the particular subject um, based on their own interests or their open inquiry into the particular um, idea that they're looking into. So Michelle, here at CCPS we offer an, a number of science subjects in the senior level. Can you tell us about how they're taught and what those subjects are? Yes, currently here at CCPS we have physics, chemistry and biology in science and then as we're looking at the middle school years we're starting to incorporate coding and more of the robotics and technology within the embedded curriculum for the Australian curriculum that we're offering. So you mentioned coding and robotics. Is this part of the new initiative? Absolutely. So what's um, been, the research has shown that the problem solving skills and the um, ability to laterally think and to pursue and come up with a conclusion is all part of coding. And if we start that at a younger age level, then those students will have those problem solving skills, the ability to use those skills in the future. So um, is there a growing demand for science graduates at a tertiary level? Absolutely, and it, the research is showing that most of our high-end graduates are not necessarily uh, from Australian schools, and so that is a concern that we have, and when we're looking at higher education, we need to say that the students that we're pushing through at all levels of education are able, if, they, if they're interested in those subjects, are able to pursue those at a tertiary level. So if we focus on tertiary education for a moment, which specific fields of science are in demand? The STEM subjects that um, the research is showing um, are identified as job growth in the future is technology in general. And so considering that even the simplest and essentially low-tech jobs now have some form of digital technology involved, that uh, stands to reason. Um, also, there's conservation of existing resources and alternative green energy. That seems to be an area of focus. Um, security, and especially including data security, seems to be an area of growth in the, the near future. Nanotechnology, which is um, study and application of extremely small things and is utilized right across all science fields, including chemistry, biology, and medical technology, physics, and certainly highlights the need for STEM subjects to be at the forefront of our thoughts. Yeah, it's a fascinating future that we're entering into and it sounds like science and maths really need to keep up with, with where we're heading, if you like. Absolutely, and when I think that every job in the future is going to have some form of technology and whether it's data collection or um, simply using an iPad for customer service. There, there's very few jobs in the future that don't have some form of digital technology involved. So you mentioned some of the STEM jobs of the future just before. Can you tell us some of the specific skills that are identified as crucial for 
gaining a, a job in the field. Yeah, it's interesting that employers are looking for employees that can problem solve, that can think um, for themselves, and have the analytical skills given whatever information they have in front of them and to be able to work within that. Obviously, employers are also looking for uh, an employee that's flexible and um, able to work in a team environment. And quite often, we think of these STEM subjects as being a, a team effort. You don't accomplish anything as an individual when you're working in these higher levels. I mean, the skill sets that required require expertise. And what we want from our students is for them to be able to work in a team situation and feel comfortable with that. I've heard that said before, actually, that this individual competitive world, it's really not the way of the future. Collaboration, working as a group, these are really important skills. So, Michelle, what are other schools currently doing to implement the new initiative by the federal government? So some schools are choosing to offer an engineering and technology course in year 11 and 12. Some schools are offering year 9 or year 10 STEM classes as electives. If we look a little closer at what CCPS is doing, Michelle, how are we implementing the recommendations through our subject offerings? For CCPS, uh, this concern is really not aimed at us because currently in our very small student population, um, we have over 55% of our students take at least as one senior subject of science. And that is not the norm. That is not what is what most schools are, are encountering. So for us, it's not just about enticing more students, it's about retaining the ones that we have into a tertiary education in those subjects. So we're really quite well placed then to roll this initiative out. Absolutely. Um, our students, when I say that 55% are taking at least one subject, we've got almost at least a third of our students are taking more than three senior science subjects. So that is a very unusual case. Science and mathematics is a fascinating field. Michelle, you've been teaching and studying science and mathematics now for 25 years. What is it that keeps you coming back? What is it that interests you most about your subjects? For me, science is curiosity and answers all in one. It's the ability to look at the world with new eyes each and every day. Um, for me, looking at students who just understood a concept or understood something that's in their real world is a wonderful and engaging experience. Do you think there's still a lot to discover in science? Absolutely. I think um, with space exploration and with undersea exploration, there's something new around the corner. For me, I never get tired of wondering what is next. You teach chemistry. What are the, what's the new frontier of chemistry? What hasn't been found yet? I think the whole uh, nanotechnology is just uh, going to be an interesting field. I think that biomedical technology and thinking about how much smaller can we get? I mean, cameras used in the medical field now are you know, microscopic and yet we're gonna go smaller again. So that to me is really fascinating. 25 years ago, when you worked in the States, you identified the need to entice students and qualified teachers into taking STEM subjects. Why was it important to you then, and why is it still important to you now? I think that for me, there was no option. When I decided what subjects to take, of course it was gonna be maths and science. 
But I think that for some students, they get to a point and they're not sure if that's the subject for them. And I know for myself, I had all different sorts of professors, all sorts of different instructors, and I never wondered if I fit into that group. And I never was curious if that was a good fit for me because I knew that in those subjects I excelled and I knew that in those subjects I was still interested in what was being taught. And so for me, when I look at students and I think, are they cut out for this? Some are absolutely beyond curious beings and are wanting every moment to say, but what else, miss? But what else, miss? Those students belong in math and science, well, in science. So Michelle, what advice would you give to a student who is interested in maths and science? They're not quite sure if they want a career in it, but the curiosity is there. I think that the field is so open and there's so many opportunities and when I look at our current students who are so technologically advanced and so with the ability to pick up something new and try it, I think that is a scientist all the way around. That it, Yes, it's a little scary at first, but once they get a hold of some new technology, they aren't afraid of it. They have no fear of it. And so their ability to say, this is something I can try, this is something I can do, is astounding to me. And those students, the ones that will just give a, have it a go, let's try it, those are the ones that are cut out for this new age of science. Michelle, what can parents do to help engage their children in science and mathematics subjects? That's a great question. I think that parents quite often look at the digital technology and don't understand it or are a little afraid of it. And I think that as long as you're aware of what your student is um, engaging in online or in games or in that technology field, I think that some of those games especially have some value. There are some problem solving games, but I think that there needs to be an understanding that the technology only goes so far and the hands-on and inquiry-based science is where it's at. So when I look at a student who is um, hesitant to even uh, tie a knot or play with a magnet or have a go with um, manipulatives, that is an indication that maybe too much screen time is happening. So we need to find a balance between allowing students to use the technology um, in the way they want to use it and also using the technology in schools and being aware that if we lose students' ability to handwrite, if we lose the ability for students to manipulate, build. Lego is my favorite toy of all time because there's imagination and there's creativity there, but there's also a very good problem-solving skill going on while playing with Lego. So I think that parents need to look at the time that students are spending online. I think parents need to look at how many opportunities are they given to manipulate and play with Lego or some other toy like that. Ultimately, the federal government is trying to encourage Australian students to compete internationally in these important fields. So what is the ultimate goal here with STEM subjects and this new STEM initiative? I think really we're going back to an inquiry-based teaching and learning style, which means that students are given a problem to solve and given the tools to solve that. And by using tools to research or using you know, expertise from their teachers, they're able to open up a, a whole new way of looking at something and come up with their own innovative, new and creative answers. Well, Michelle, I'm sure we'll hear more about this as the months and years progress as this initiative's rolled out. Thanks for talking to me today. Thanks, Tracy. It's a pleasure.
And if you'd like more information about the STEM curriculum, you can visit the Queensland Government's education website and go to the link on STEM. Or for more hands-on activities for your children, visit stemworks.com forward slash activities. This podcast was produced by Tracy Burton, featuring music by Paul Cusick. Thanks for listening. Thank you.